Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mamas Podcast. I'm excited to be here with you today, as we're going to be speaking about a topic that I think we can all agree we've struggled with in the past few months at some point or another. Fear. It's a liar. So come on and listen, and I pray you find some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Today we are speaking about fear. So many of us, whether or not we are believers, have fallen into the trap of living our lives in fear. It seems to be Hasatan, or Satan's favorite weapon in this day and age, and the unfortunate truth is it is a trap that we seem to be falling into more and more frequently. Who is the true enemy? The Word of God tells us in Ephesians 6.12 that our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the powers, against the worldly forces of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Which is why in the verses after that, Paul, who wrote Ephesians, while in prison, I might add, spoke about putting on the whole armor of God. This is incredibly important. It's how we fight the true enemy. He says, therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist when the times are evil. And after you've done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm then. Buckle the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Strap up your feet in readiness with the good news of shalom or peace. Above all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. For those of us who grew up in the church, we were taught that the image of a Roman soldier in his armor is that what we were supposed to imagine when we put on the armor of God. With a now deeper understanding of the whole word of God through a messianic perspective, we know that this wasn't what Paul, a messianic Jewish believer, intended. The high priest wore linen undergarments and an intricately decorated outer garment. The undergarments were two pieces, a long sleeve shirt and pants. Above that, he wore a blue robe with a fringe of alternating golden bells and pomegranates that were made of blue, purple, and scarlet threads. He wore a breastplate that was supported by shoulder straps attached to an apron called the ephod. He wore a crown or mitre. You may know them as what the Catholic Church bishops and abbots wear, and now you know where they got the idea. Well, the high priest's crown or mitre was made of linen with a gold plate attached that said, Holiness to the Lord. He wore a sash that was woven with the same kind of thread and same colors as the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the tabernacle. See the similarities yet? Paul was teaching a spiritual lesson with a Hebraic mindset about spiritual warfare. There is no longer a temple in Israel. But for believers in Yeshua, he is our high priest and we are the temple of the Ruach HaKodesh or Holy Spirit. Therefore, We are to put on the spiritual armor of God, just as Paul says, on a daily basis in order to protect our mind, body, and spirit, as we are now called to be holy priests, set apart for God, and giving all glory in what we say and do for Him. And if you need more proof that the image of the armor of God you were taught in Sunday school is wrong, the armor of God comes from Isaiah, and he certainly never saw a Roman soldier. To be sure, some of you are thinking, Erica, what in the world does any of this have to do with fear? 
I tell you, it should have everything to do with how we as believers should see and deal with fear. Fear is a spirit and a liar. Even as believers, we all have fears, doubts, anxiety, and even sometimes depression. This all stems from the same spirit, fear. Yet God tells us over and over in his word to fear not. In fact, there are at least 365 fear nots in the Bible. Almost like God knew that fear would be a struggle for all of us. Praise God that throughout the scriptures, time and time again, he gives us the remedy. Him. He is with us always. In Isaiah 43, 1-3, he says, But now, thus says Adonai, the one who created you, O Jacob, the one who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by, by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, or through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor will the flame burn you. For I am Adonai, your God. These verses in Isaiah are probably one of my favorite fear nots. I'm not very good at retaining information. In fact, if I ever meet you, I probably will not remember your name. And a lot of times, the, the only way for me to truly retain information is if it's in song. Um, I tell people I have a karaoke machine in my head. So if I've heard the song once or twice, I'm going to be able to remember it for the rest of my life. Well, these verses are one of those things. I sang this in the church I grew up in. So it's stuck with me for 20 plus years. It went a little something like this. Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Child, you are mine. When you walk through the waters, I will be there. And through the flame, you'll not in a way be drowned. You'll not in a way be burned. For I am with you. And that right there is, is a little tidbit of, of my singing. I hope you enjoyed it. But a spirit of fear will hinder your walk with God. In a Christian fiction book I'm reading right now by Joy Ohagwa called After, there was a quote that really stuck with me that I wanted to share. Um, the church is a body in transition. We are the church. We're the body of Yeshua. That means God moves us to where he needs us, not necessarily where we would like to be. Too often we as believers get comfortable and don't want to move even when God is calling us to transition. Change is a big trigger for fear, but we need to remember that we walk by faith and not by sight. For me, my husband is going to be retiring soon, which in a military life can be very, um, a very scary time because we don't really know where our income is going to be coming from. But And we were planning on actually leaving the North Carolina area, but God has other plans for us. And so we have chosen to walk in faith and change our trajectory and stay in North Carolina, even though that's not what we as human beings and our flesh want. But this is what God has called us to do. And so we are being obedient and learning to love it along the way. So the world has become a pretty crazy place right now. It could be really hard to remember that God says he is with us always. During the good and the bad. Especially during the internal turmoil in ourselves and in the world which we live in. For those of us in America, 
We are still dealing with complete shutdowns of our economy in some areas, and even if not completely, there's just this overpowering spirit of fear whenever you leave your home. If you say, oh no, that's not happening, really? What happens when you forget to bring a face mask with you? Are you fearful of people yelling at you, screaming at you, perhaps rejecting you? That's part of the spirit of fear that I'm talking about. This spirit causes the division we are seeing throughout the country. Racially, politically, spiritually, even personal medical decisions. This isn't the will of our Father. When the Pharisees tested Yeshua, they asked him, which is the greatest commandment in the Torah? And he said to them, you shall love Adonai your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The entire Torah and prophets hang on these two commandments. And in Judaism, that is called the Shema, and we will talk about that in another episode. So if Yeshua said that these two commandments are the epitome of the Torah and the prophets, it must be awful important. Yet how often do we as human beings struggle with loving our neighbor? This is where I believe the spirit of fear wiggles into our lives most often. We forget that God is with us forever and always. When our government is in upheaval, when we live in fear of our neighbors because they might get us, uh, give us COVID, even though it has a 99.95% recovery rate. 99.95% people. And yes, I can say that. If you had listened to my previous podcast, I'm actually have just recovered from COVID. Um, we tested, our whole family tested negative for it. We no longer have COVID as of last week. Unfortunately, I had an allergic reaction to who knows what um, this past week. And so I had to go back to the ER. I uh, normally when something like this happens because I have allergies and, and health issues, which can cause this, um, I'll take a couple Benadryl and I'll be fine. But my lips uh, got very swollen. In fact, my husband said I was trying to, I looked a lot like Angelina Jolie. They're very voluptuous, as he said it. Um, the, the problem with that is that it was painful and itched a lot. In fact, it still does a bit. But the hospital did uh, put me on steroids, so I should be, be better in a few days. So praise God for that. I'm not against drugs. I am against doctors trying to cure people with drugs that they know is just a Band-Aid solution. So hopefully I'll be able to figure out what it is I came in contact with so I don't have to be on steroids again. That being said, when I was at the ER, um, they treated me like I was a COVID patient because I'd had COVID in the past month and because I still was presenting with some symptoms like coughing and weakness and, and um, bone pain, um, which actually the doctor told me I have what she, she's hoping I don't have called the long haul COVID, um, which means you're not contagious. You just happen to be blessed with um, some of the symptoms kind of lingering. So I'm rebuking that in the name of Yeshua. I'm believing that this week of recovery that I'm going to be going through or I'm just taking it easy will really just help get my autoimmune system back on track. So go ahead and pray for, for complete healing for me. I would appreciate it. But the media doesn't care about you. They only care about ratings. The more fear they pump into our homes, the more we watch. The fear-mongering I have personally seen on the news and on social media is staggering. This is where one of Hasatan's traps are. We start watching the news more than reading his word. We start believing what the politicians tell us is true blindly and let them tell us what we should do. 
instead of seeing if it lines up with what the divine word of God says. This is the time to be in the word more now than ever. And when we aren't able to read, then listen to some praise and worship music. Pray and seek his face. There's power in the praises of God's people. Dance for joy to the Lord in your home. I do that a lot when I'm, my um, children are at school. They go to a private school this year because of my health issues. Um, they really enjoy it. I, I'm happy with where they're at right now. If I could homeschool them, I absolutely would. Shout out once again to Homeschooling Torah. They are a fantastic group. And I absolutely love um, what they are doing over there. But right now that's not really working for us. But when they're at school, a lot of times I'll have praise and worship music on. And I'll be dancing and praising God. And yes, there are uh, Messianic uh, artists out there. And I really, really enjoy, and actually have enjoyed before I was even Messianic, Paul Wilbur. He actually is technically a far-reaching family friend. My uncle Jerry was part of a band in the 80s called Harvest. And Paul Wilbur was part of it because my uncle Jerry is the one who actually introduced Christ to him. And you can actually see that on Paul Wilbur's site. But I've always been a huge fan of Paul Wilbur. I also, to be a little bit more update, um, Joshua Aaron is absolutely fantastic. He truly has a heart for the Lord. He lives in Israel. He speaks the Hebrew very well. Um, for me, a lot of our congregation are older, and so a lot of times we kind of cling to the older music, which isn't bad, but a lot of times I want to be able to really just soak and dwell in the Spirit. And um, Obviously, I'm not totally against the old songs. I sang you one of them, but um, I think that there's a time and a place for all of those. So really just praying and interceding and just soaking up and in the presence of the Lord with reading the word and just listening to the music and praying and speaking to him. God is your father and he longs to hear from you. So one of the many things I'm thankful for that my mother taught me is this, in all things, praise the Lord, especially during those times when that is the last thing on your mind. Because of my anxiety issues growing up, the verse my mother spoke over me and reminded me of growing up constantly, thank you, mom, was Philippians 4, 4 through 7, which says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the shalom or peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Messiah Yeshua. Now, to be fair, my mother really only quoted verse 6, which says not to be anxious for anything. But I find that these verses give us the cure for living out of fear. To always rejoice in the Lord. To be kind and gentle with others. That even when you may be feeling anxious or fearful, we can come to the Father and cry out to Him, and He will hear us and be with us and guard our hearts and minds through His Son, Yeshua. How amazing is that? We have the Creator of the universe on our side. Wow. Now, growing up in the same home as my grandparents, parents, and sister, I grew up with a lot of old movies. One that I don't consider that old, but evidently my husband told me is old, that I still absolutely love, is Pollyanna. In the movie, Pollyanna has a conversation 
with the pastor about the glad texts. You know the ones, be glad unto the Lord, rejoice greatly, or shout for joy. Now, she had told the pastor that there were 800 glad texts. As her father had done the research and looked it up, he, um, before he died, was a pastor as well. And isn't it amazing that if we have more than 365 fear nots, but then we also have, and I think the pastor did his own research and found it was 862 uh, glad texts, as he called them. How amazing it is that God tells you, fear not. And then he also has these other verses to show you, this is how you can learn to fear not. I will explain, I promise. So Pollyanna would begin this game. She used to play with her father before he died called the glad game. And the game was just to find something about everything to be glad about, no matter what it was. In life, we too need to find things to be glad about. I've definitely found, and I tell my husband that, it's always it's all about the small things. You need to be grateful about the small things because there are a lot of things in our life that we just take for granted, especially in America. We forget. We are not in a third world country. Like We actually are blessed beyond belief. So I will thank God not only for the sky and the trees and the birds and the grass and even the chickens who poop all over my backyard because they give us eggs. But I also thank God for my bed and my sheets and my pillow and for running water and for hot water and for cold water and for a whole house water filtration system that we have in our home so I can take showers and wash my hands because I'm allergic to chlorine, one of my many allergies. I am so grateful for these things and I make a point of trying to thank the Lord at least with 10 things a day because it's so important. Because even when you're feeling depressed and sad, if you start thanking the Lord for what you are um, given, for your provision, for how he has provided for you, it actually helps you kind of get out of being depressed or sad or anxious. So my counselor worked for years with me on this very subject because the spirit of fear can inject negative thoughts right into your mind. Growing up, I felt surrounded by negativity. Many times I felt so lost and so alone. I was surrounded by a loving family, but for whatever reason, my father had a hard time showing that love. My mother felt it was because he saw too many things in me that reminded him of what he didn't like about himself, or it reminded him of his sister Kathy, who I guess drove him crazy as a child. I never actually had the opportunity to meet my aunt Kathy. She died many, many years before I was even born. In fact, my father is a, uh, there was a total of seven of them growing up. So um, she actually was one of the younger sisters, but she did not make it uh, to live long enough for me to actually meet her. So when he would get home from work about two hours before my mom did, he would verbally torment me. He typically would be very negative towards me and what I was doing um, especially when we were around others. There were good times with my dad, but I only ever remember the good times happened when we were, for whatever reason, alone. Like when he would pick me up from gymnastics every Tuesday afternoon and take me to the 7-Eleven across the street and buy me a hot dog and a slushie. This was a very precious time for me, and these were precious moments for me because I knew as soon as we got home, 
and he was surrounded by the rest of our family. I would be the problem child, the quitter, the one who would never amount to anything, the one who could never get good grades, the one who was always so messy. So what I learned many years later in counseling is that for every negative comment spoken to you, you would need at least five positive comments to negate or at least even out the negative comment. So my counselor would give me homework throughout the week to look at myself in the mirror and start speaking words of affirmation to myself to help overpower the negative voice, which to this day sounds like my father, that is in the very back of my mind. I'm pretty sure that is why my main love language is words of affirmation. Kind of a side note here is just to remember as parents, if you are a parent listening, that we need to be very careful about our words. There's power, there's, there's life and death in the power, in the power of the tongue. Um, and I found that to be so, so true in my life. The greatest struggles I have now, especially when it comes to self-image and things of that nature, have to do with negative comments I may or may not have gotten as a child primarily from my father. I also want to add that my father later on, I don't know, probably 10, 10 years ago, had his own health issues and recognized, um, came to recognize that what he said and did to me as a child was wrong. And he apologized and he repented and he asked for forgiveness. And I gave him that forgiveness. And I'd also like to say that I, I would like to think at least now we have a, a very good relationship. So, hey, dad, I love you. And um, I appreciate all that you have done for me. So I say all of this to give you the tools you may need, especially now in the climate of fear that we live in, to put on the armor of God, to rejoice in the Lord, no matter what your circumstances, to praise the only one who is worthy of our praise. He is holy. We need to keep our eyes focused on him and only him. Ask the Ruach HaKodesh, also known as the Holy Spirit, to fill you and guide and protect your every word, thought, and deed. With his help, we are able to do exceedingly more than we could ask or think. I'm going to repeat the same verses I did last podcast from 2 Timothy 1.7, that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Don't let the enemy gain a foothold in your mind. If you feel the enemy creeping in, remember to stop and make sure you are surrounded by the things of God. So my husband this past weekend uh, was asked to teach at our synagogue and he was prepping for it last week and said, what should I speak on? So, of course, I told him fear because that's what the spirit has been telling me. This is what you need to talk about. And uh, he did give me credit for it, but he had a different perspective that I felt I should share with you. So I'm going to read uh, quite a bit of what he had to say um, because it's just so good. Um, in his sermon, he, meant, he mentioned uh, first Yohanan or John uh, chapter 4, verse 11 through 18. I'm just going to read verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears has not been made in perfect love. Then why are we afraid? Is fear a sin? The Lord commands us to fear not multiple times, and failing to obey the commandments of God is the definition of sin. Another way to read verse 18 is that God's love drives out fear because fear of anything 
other than God is sin. Instead of, and the one who fears has not been made perfect, the King James reads, fear hath sinned. In other words, one who fears has sinned. In Psalm 56, David has been, had been seized by, uh, seized by the Philistines and starts to become afraid. But instead, he sets his eyes on God. He praises God, and his word to him is, Fear not. He puts his trust in the Lord. When I am afraid, I will trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Fear is a liar. Fear whispers to you, you, can, you can't handle this. You aren't strong enough. You will fail. And like all convincing lies, it contains a grain of truth. We are not enough. We will fail, and we certainly cannot handle all the things this world will throw at us. But the lie is that we need to be able to handle these things. The Lord is my strength and my salvation. He is the one that carries our burdens, and thank God, because we can't. Fear is a liar, and it comes from the father of lies. Yeshua says of Hasatan, He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. If all of this is true, then why did God create fear? Firstly, we are not given a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I cannot say that enough. Secondly, here's a gift from God for two reasons. Babies are born without fear. If they're given the chance, they will crawl right off of a cliff to their deaths with no hesitation. Fear can keep us alive. Fear keeps us from making the same mistakes over and over again. I want to stop here for a moment because my last, my first podcast, I did tell you I was a mother of four, and my children ranged from age of 12 to 18, but evidently my children felt I should let you know that their names are Zion, who is 18, Harmony, who will be 15 in a couple of weeks, Melody, who is 13, and Judah, who is 12. So when Judah was little, well, littler, he burned his chin on a tray of biscuits that were fresh out of the oven. For years after that, if he was getting too close to the stove, his father or I or one of his siblings would say, Judah, be careful. Remember the biscuits? His eyes would get big and he would back away from the stove. Fear kept him safe for years. But the devil does what he always does. He tries to turn what God has meant for our good to evil if he can. Each of our kids have one night a week where they are responsible to cook dinner. To this day, when it's Judah's night to make dinner, Someone besides Judah has to take the food out of the oven for him because he has oven phobia, as he calls it. If I let him continue to live in fear, I will have failed him as a mother, and he will not be living the life God has called him to. So slowly but surely, I go with him into the kitchen and talk him through what to do when there is something in the oven and how to take it out without burning himself. I let him know I'm with him every step of the way. We must learn to trust God even in our fear. Just like Judah trusts his father and I not to leave him in the kitchen, even when he is scared to take dinner out of the oven. The other reason fear is a gift from God is because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Or as Yeshua put it, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. 
Instead, fear the one who is able to destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Remember before I said that fear was sin, but now I'm saying that the fear of the Lord is wisdom? How can both of these be true at the same time? That is because fear is idolatry. What you fear, you have placed before God. God is the only entity in life or any other that is the right thing to fear. In awe and reverence. 2020 is a time of uncertainty, pestilence, upheaval, danger, and yes, fear. But fear not, for the Lord is with you. Be not dismayed, for he is your God. He will strengthen you, he will help you, and he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. Yeshua loves you and will never leave your side. There is no need to fear. He is holding you in his arms, comforting you during these troubling times. So I'd like to leave you with what Yeshua said to his disciples before he was taken up to be with the Father and also the ironic benediction. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have shalom. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. I also forgot to do this last podcast, so I'm going to do it now. I have a website you can go to to check check it out. It's uh, MessyMessianicMama.com, just like the podcast. Um, I also have an email address, and I'd love to hear from you about questions, concerns, or things that you would really like for me to talk about on the podcast. Um, one of the reasons we talked about fear is because I asked someone, say, Hey, what did you think of the podcast? And is there something you'd like me to talk about? This was one of the main things she said she'd like me to talk about. So thank you, Jerry. E L M M M three at protonmail.com is the email. So it's E is in echo. L is in lemur. M is in messy. M is in messianic. Amazon Mama 3 at protonmail.com. So you have three M's and then the number three at protonmail.com. Don't forget the E-L at the beginning. Please feel free to message me at any time. Thanks for tuning in and I pray you have a blessed week. Until we meet again, Shalom. <laughs>